Yes, you guys, I know. Is anyone sick of hearing about Fall Retreat? But I'm just gonna like, one last, I have the mic, so I get to say what I want. Um, come, please come, we would love to have you if you have not registered yet. Um, you get a free shirt if you register before the 17. Um, and I, the speakers are some of my good friends um, and they will just take us to the word in such a sweet way, it'll be really sweet time of community as well. I did want to do a quick shout out to some students who came to visit us from OU Southern. Can you guys like, oh yes, so many of you guys. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to 180. If you get a chance after, please go say hi. Um, they're um, Ohio University Southern, just outside of Ironton, and so, um, we have some students who are meeting together and studying the word together and building community and so go say hi to them That's so fun and come to fall retreat, too. We'd love to have you guys Okay, we are currently in a series called the parables of Jesus and so Jesus teaches that life in God's kingdom is different and um, It is so different that he uses short stories with a little bit of a twist and these are called parables and it They're depictions of these new kingdom realities Jesus tells these parables to change the way we view God ourselves and the gospel and so tonight we'll be looking at the parable of the unforgiving servant from Matthew 18 21 through 35 so come along with me. This is going to be fun. Um, so in the context of any relationship, you have a lot of different ones, right? You have your parents, friends, family, roommates, um, neighbors, um, maybe teammates, classmates. Our foundational belief in the gospel will inevitably be put to test in these relationships. In other words, how I relate to those closest to me um, especially as it relates to forgiveness, because that's what we're talking about tonight, communicates volumes about what I embrace and believe about the gospel. I'm not standing here as a professional on forgiveness or extending forgiveness at all. I feel like actually studying the, uh, this parable actually opened my eyes a lot to the depths of forgiveness. Um, and no one is perfect at this. We cannot do this apart from God because our natural bend is not to forgive and be merciful to each other, right? If we look around at the culture that we live in, I don't know if, this might be an outdated phrase, but it's something that plays in my head like, you know, like hurt me once, it's my fault. Hurt me twice, it's your fault. Hurt me a third time, I'm done, I'm moving on, right? And this actually wasn't that crazy either for the people, for the Jewish people back in the day that this parable was written. That was actually kind of how they saw things. And so, um, um, yeah, and so kind of stepping in, we're not too different from them. And so, but Jesus, he wants to flip things upside down. Remember, his kingdom is different. And he is wanting people to reflect his kingdom that he is ushering in as he is walking on this earth way back when. I heard a pastor recently say, we are forgiven to forgive. I am forgiven to forgive. You are forgiven to forgive. 
So let me pray really quick, and then we'll jump into what the scriptures say. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word that leads and guides us, and, and your Holy Spirit that helps us to understand the words that you have given to us. I pray you would open our hearts to see and to know even more deeply what you are calling us to um, as a community and as believers. And so thank you so much for who you are and that we get to worship you together. In your name we pray, amen. All right, we're going to jump into Matthew 18, 21, and 22, and it's kind of a fun, a fun setup. Okay, it says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Ooh, ouch. Um, and actually, the scripture, just the chunk of scripture before that, actually talks about, Jesus is sharing about what it looks like when someone sins against you and how you should approach that person. And so Peter wants to be a really good disciple. He wants to like ask the right questions and be like, oh, yeah. I think he actually asked these questions because he wants a pat on the back. Like he, he asked the question, like, how many times should I forgive him? But then he doesn't stop. He goes on like as many as seven times. Like that's a good amount, right? Like it's typically three times. So if I double it and add a little bit more, then I think Jesus is going to really like this answer. He, you know, I'm, I'm going to show that I'm understanding. And Jesus is like, uh, no. I don't say seven times. I say 77 times. And I bet Peter was like, oh, shoot, I almost had, I almost had the right answer. Um, and as we think about the, the seven that we see, um, it's actually not, it's 77 times, it's not like it's a literal statement from Jesus. He's not actually saying like 77 times and the 78th time you don't have to forgive anymore. What he's actually saying is this idea of like completion and wholeness. So actually what he's saying is, you just keep forgiving. You don't stop. You just keep forgiving. And Peter would have understood that. Um, and so, friends, I know this is really difficult. Some of you are kind of have experienced different hurts and pains, and some may be deeper than others. Um, and so I don't want to come up here and communicate, like, this idea of forgiveness is, like, it's excusing or it's making... It's saying it's okay what has happened to you because it's not. It's okay to still feel um, hurt or sad or grievous about the things that have happened to you, um, especially at the hands of other people and maybe even other Christians, right? I, I don't know. Um, but as I'm talking about forgiveness, it's not this idea of the focus is on the other person. It's not, it's not that at all. It's actually what is going on in our own hearts, right? Jesus wants us to experience the kingdom, and part of experiencing the kingdom is feeling freedom and love, and it's really hard to feel joyful and happy when you're dealing with bitterness and resentment, right? And so this idea of forgiveness, it's, um, hold on, I lost my spot. Um, this idea of forgiveness, um, is actually forgiving others. It means letting go of that resentment and bitterness, giving up any claim to be personally compensated for the hurt or loss we have suffered. And so, yes, I know there are definitely realities to being sinned against that there will be consequences for the other person, right? And so I'm not even talking about any of those. I'm just talking about our own hearts and attitudes toward other people. And so... Um, God is still calling Christians to remember that we are forgiven to forgive. Now, as we, 
um, I shared a little bit about Peter's questions to Jesus, and that's kind of like a, a pre a pre-scene to actually the rest of the parable. That's not part of the parable. And so we're going to jump into the parable now. And there's actually three different scenes. And I'm not going to, we're going to break it down piece by piece because I don't want to, I don't want to tell you the twist. So um, 23 says, therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. And so this scene is, I call the merciful master. Um, because we see mercy at play, don't we? And so a little bit of background that's really helpful is knowing what is a talent. What does that even mean? Um, 10,000 talents, especially in this case. So the talent was the most valuable coin, and so 10,000 was the single largest number for which Greek had an individual word. The number could be as much as like 275,000 years of labor for an average worker. This is how much the debt was that this guy owed. And so you think, wow, I would be pleading on my hands and knees for patience as well if I were him. So um, the master actually says that his family is going to be sold into slavery and that he will be sold into slavery and all that he owns will be sold, will be sold to pay his debt. And his response is, oh my God, Goodness, he's like on his hands and knees, and he is pleading with the master. Like he says, be patient. I will pay you everything. Do you think he has any idea the debt that he actually owes? Does he actually think he's going to pay back this 275,000 years of labor to this king? He doesn't understand what he owes. He doesn't understand the debt that has accumulated against him. And I just even wonder about what does the master even say to this? Like, he's like, who is this guy? How audacious to think that you can actually pay me back. This is ridiculous. You're going to be back here in like a few years maybe. And we're going to have the same conversation. With pity, the master forgives him everything. Have you ever been forgiven something this large before? Have you ever sat in your room at night and stayed awake wondering about your relationship with a friend that you had a falling out with? And you're like, this friendship's over. This person hates me. I totally blew it. Why did I say that? What did, why did I do that? And then the next day or two days later or whatever, you, you talk to them and they're like, yeah, I forgive you. How do you feel? Joyful? Happy? Relieved? So much relief. Or maybe with your parents, you blew a test, you blew a class, you lost a scholarship, you didn't get accepted into the school that you wanted to, you messed up big time, you went out and made some really poor choices, and your parents turned to you and said, I forgive you, I love you. That feeling, right, that relief and joy and love and mercy that you feel from that person, it's overwhelming. This guy didn't feel that. He just got forgiven 275,000 years of labor wages. 
and he doesn't, he, yeah, doesn't feel that relief as we see in the next section. So scene two takes us into the unmerciful servant. Um, 28. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Denarii? And seizing him, he began choking him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put in pri- he was put in prison until he should pay the debt. When his, ser- when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. So this guy thinks he can pay back, you know, 275,000 years of labor and then um, he goes out and attacks one of his fellow servants for 100 denarii. denarii. So 100 denarii, I don't even know if I'm saying that word right, but it's driving me crazy. Okay, is actually 100 days of labor. Okay, 100 days of labor, this guy. Which, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, that's still a lot of money. But when you're, when you're comparing to 275,000 years of labor to like three months or four months of labor, it's really a drop in the bucket, right? And so... Um, and so, but he demands that he get paid, okay? So we see you can compare and contrast these two scenes so beautifully. You see on one hand in the first scene, it's almost a hierarchy, you know, you have a master with a servant, but then you see in the second scene, it's a servant with a fellow servant, and he is treating him this way, right? And the guy almost responds the same way. He's like pleading, please be patient with me. I can pay you back. And this is actually a debt that he can pay back, He could pay this back. And the guy shows no mercy, right? You see the differences between the master and the unmerciful servant so clearly. The master is forgiving and patient and uh, merciful, and you see the complete opposite. Actually, it's so bad that he's like choking him and physically assaulting this man that his other fellow servants are like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. This is really scary. I'm going to go tell the master. I'm going to go tell him what's going on. Have you ever experienced something similar in a relationship or a friendship where someone wouldn't forgive you? How frustrating. How confusing is that? You're like, man, I just messed up. Like, I love our friendship. Can we please be friends? And the other person's like, no. You're like, what can I do? This is so frustrating. It's confusing. Final scene, okay? This is the lesson learned in verse 32. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt, which will be a lifetime. He's never going to get out of there. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So this is the twist of the parable. Parables that like start off so good, right? You're like, oh, I like that. Okay, you know, we're seeing people like being forgiven. This is really great. Awesome. And then it's like, well, this is kind of a weird turn, like the unforgiving servant. And then Jesus ends it with like, neither, I don't know, what does he say? Um, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart, uh, uh, 
this will happen to you too or something. You're like, oh, oh my gosh. It like kind of takes you back of like, oh my gosh, what is, what's going on here? Is that saying I'm not going to go to heaven? What? It's honestly something for us to think about um, is the fact of the king's words to the servant. He says, you wicked servant. Does that sound a little harsh? But this is not referring to the debt that he accumulated. You know, this guy was out of control. I don't even know what he spent all of his money on. But you think that it would have been the debt. But it wasn't because he was forgiven. It was the way he was shown mercy. And he didn't show mercy to his fellow servant. That was what made him wicked. We have to remember as Christians that we are, we are forgiven to forgive. Right? And so how does this apply to us? You know, you, you have to ask that question like, wow, Jesus' words are pretty strong. They usually are pretty strong. And so it really needs to make you think, right? Who's the master? Is it me? Is it you? It's obviously clearly Jesus, right? It's Jesus. We have to be able to know the debt that was paid for us to understand what it means to truly begin to forgive one another. What did Jesus do for you on the cross? If you think back over your life, I'm sure it's easy to think of mistakes. It's really, probably many come to mind of like the things that you've done that you knew were wrong, that you knew God didn't want you to do, or that you um, just did because selfishly you just wanted to go, you know, make your own decisions. We have to remember and know the debt that he paid. When we think of Jesus, he walked on this earth. He was perfect. He was blameless. He loved perfectly. He, he felt sorrow, pain. He was rejected. He was misunderstood all the time. People misunderstood him. They didn't even really know who he was and what he was there to do until he finally died on the cross. He gave up the comforts of heaven to come down and to save us. If we do not understand this, we cannot, cannot forgive one another and experience the fullness of what he calls us to. Friends, this has to be a community of people that is different, that forgives one another, loves one another, thinks of other people. Sure, we all have insecurities, Sure, we have hard times. Sure, people hurt us. That happens. And I don't want to minimize any of that because I do think it's true. But God is calling us to kingdom living, something greater and far better than we can ever think or imagine. And I believe he's doing it here in this community of within crew. So I wanted to share at the end a quick story. Jim and Elizabeth Elliott um, are actually missionaries um, way back in the 50s. And so... Um, they had a heart to reach the Aka people, the Aka tribe in Ecuador. And so Jim and four other missionaries were actually speared to death, slain by those they came to minister to. And Elliot's most famous words were written in a journal and recorded, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. His life's work and legacy continued on with Elizabeth as she moved to the Aka village with her young daughter to live among those who had killed her husband because she wanted them to know the love and forgiveness only found in Jesus. Um, I know I talked a lot about some of this might sit 
really well with some people, that some of this might be a little hard. So please, if you have questions, you have thoughts, come down and talk to me after 180. Um, or talk to a friend, too, if that feels safer. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you demonstrated first for us the forgiveness that you call us to with, with one another, that you have so forgiven the, the great debt that we owe you because of our, um, our sin and just wanting to do our own thing, and we're so grateful that you have freely forgiven us. And I pray that forgiveness calls us to forgive others around us and to be a different kind of community that you've called us to be. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180 Podcast.